Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Why don't you welcome someone to church this morning or afternoon? So you are welcome to church. God bless you in Jesus' name. The Lord is your strength in Jesus' name. Amen. God will help us. So what is God saying to us this morning? Reactivated. Say to someone, reactivated. You know, before um, this word came, what I, I was going to teach on was activated. And then the Holy Spirit explained a few more to me, then I had to change it to reactivated. So I watched the movie some time ago. I tried to remember the name, but I've forgotten the name. Is this movie where soldiers were trained. I can't remember where they were trained. They were trained in some country, right? And then they were deployed into this other country for some form of espionage uh, mission or something. Now, they were sent to that new country just to blend in. So they had normal families, they had normal lives, they had careers and all that. Then at some point, they receive a phone call. And the phone call says, you have been activated. And once they receive the call, like something sparks in them and they just go into action. And what God is saying to us as a church this morning, so we can't say we have been activated because you were activated the day you gave your life to Christ. I hope you understand me. So the moment you took that decision to follow God, the life of Christ came into you. You became activated. Activated for what, really? We are going to talk about that. But today, you are being reactivated. So take it that a call has been placed to you today, and at the other side of the call, you hear the voice, you are reactivated. I pray in the name of Jesus that from today, as we leave this place today, we will live charged and ready to do what God has called us to do in the mighty name of Jesus. If I go into the teaching, I have a few questions to ask us. What do you think is God's main purpose for your life? Primary purpose. What do you think? Primary. Primary purpose. Eh? Worship, okay. What is God's primary purpose? So let me maybe break it down a bit further. So remember that the Bible says, He that is in Christ is a new creature. All things that pass away, all things that become new. So when you become a child of God, when you give your life to Christ, you become a child of God. So as a child of God, so you, are, you, are, you belong to a kingdom, right? What is God's agenda? What do you think God's agenda is for you? Primary. You said? Eh? Hey, I'm just hearing different things. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. Go and do the research on it. Go and find out God's primary purpose. But I'm hoping that at the end of this teaching, you have clarity in the name of Jesus. I mean, there's so much that God has for us. Um, mm. You know, we're speaking about the gifts, spiritual gifts that, you know, God is ready to release upon us. And um, I hope we are positioning ourselves. I hope we've begun to crave for them. I hope we have begun to test for them, to hunger for them. 
I think it's very important that we call ourselves, we just try to catch ourselves as we do life. Take time out to call upon God regarding the gifts. I pray in the name of Jesus that as many as require and, 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 and covet those gifts, we receive them. In the name of Jesus. We're entering a new season, I mean, as, as believers and in, a, in this church, we're entering a new season. And I, I pray that every one of us will be connected and stay plugged in. In the mighty name of Jesus. So there has been, in this, you know, I told you that before we even do the impartation, the gifts have already been distributed. Um, so in the past week or so, God has shown two different people in the church um, things about the gifts you get. And I'll just call on one of them to share what she received from God very briefly because this is my message time. I mean, this is time for the word of God, but let's hear what God is saying. What she saw, because God gave her a vision and she saw something, you know, and I can actually just say it, but I feel that God wants us to hear from her mouth, to hear what she saw. So, um, Sister Lamide, if you don't mind, please come forward to just share what you saw, the vision you had. I think that was on Friday. Friday, yes. Yeah, you can use this mic. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <coughs> Sorry, I'm sort of scared, nervous, just to be here, not anything else. On Friday, I saw a vision, and in that vision, a lot of gifts were being delivered. So they had brought a few, maybe about six boxes, like regular, like brown boxes. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. Thank you and everything. And they said, no, that's not all of it. To look out, to step forward and look out. So I looked out into the streets and there were tons of gifts. Like there were a lot, different sizes, huge boxes, all in boxes, huge boxes, small boxes, mini boxes. It was like a lot. It was like someone had brought some containers and they had like recently off offloaded them. Then I came out of the vision and, and I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, because I had been asking for some things. And God said, no, it's for the church. It's the gifts. Uh, he said the gifts are ready and people that want them should pick them up, open them, and it is theirs. And then he said... Do not take that video lightly. There is enough for everyone that desires it. The gifts have been delivered. It is left for those that want them to take them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. I want us to, I want to encourage every one of us to begin to key into what God is said to do. Now, let's not be selfish. Let's not be selfish because all of us know that those gifts are not for us, right? You know when you get the gifts, it's for the education of the church. It's to benefit other people. So I want us to covet it. You know, a lot of times, what we said was, ah, it's houses, keys to houses that has been delivered to people. Everybody will be happy, excited. Now, we have spiritual gifts. Everybody say, ah, spiritual gifts. What do I want to do with it? <laughs> you need it. Why? God has a purpose and an agenda. And you need to be empowered to carry out the purpose. And it does not matter who you are. I'm telling you, by the grace of God, I can't remember when I was asked. I don't know when, by the grace of God, I started operating in, this, in spiritual gifts. Which of them even came first? I can't remember now. But I know it was from young. When I say young, maybe teenage years. So what am I saying? <laughs> Those gifts are available. Let's key into what God is said to release. And the amazing thing about it is, 
the body of Christ to be blessed. It's not only for the body of Christ, even those outside. For instance, you get the gift of healing. You know what the gift of healing is? How amazing it is. Then you can go into your world and you know how many people are suffering from sicknesses that have no cure and God can use you for? Amazing. The gift of the word of knowledge. The gift of the word. I don't even want to start with them now, but I want us to start getting hungry for them. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we will all indeed receive those gifts in the name of Jesus. So God has a word for us today, reactivated. And God is telling us the purpose of the reactivation. Why am I reactivating you? Why? Three things. Three broad things that so many things can come out of are the things that God wants us to discuss this morning. The first one is that we are being reactivated to show forth the light of Christ through our lives. You know, I didn't tell you the first part of our communication of what she received. You know, because in fact, when she was telling, sending, when she sent me the message and all that, I was just smiling because it was like, if I one of the scriptures she put there was one of was one of the scriptures I had for the outline of today, and the message was in line with what God is saying to us this morning. Show forth the light of Christ through our lives. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 to 3, it says, Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. What did he say the Gentiles will come to? To your light. But guys, do you know what we've been doing recently? So that we can blend in and so that we can be accepted, we have been adding darkness to our light to fit in. Light has nothing to do with darkness. You can't mix darkness and light. It doesn't work. Are you understanding me? Gentiles do not come to, the, to, to, to darkness. They can never come to darkness. It's not possible. Why? They're already in darkness. How can two people in darkness see themselves? Do you understand what I'm saying? Darkness is already there. So Gentiles will come to your light. To your light. So what is the Bible telling us? We are meant to be the light of Christ to the world. The world is meant to see Christ. For those of us that joined Bible study, I believe you understand what I'm saying. For those that didn't join, what am I saying? In every area of our lives, we should show for the light, light of God. Every area. People should see our lives and see Christ through us. God is telling us today, I am reactivating you. So maybe prior to this time, you had an idea, but you didn't know how serious it was. God is telling you that this is serious business. I am sending you into the world to show my light. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, it says, you are the light of the world. Who? Who is the light of the world? Who is the light of the world? Say, I am the light of the world. You know, a lot of times, if only you can understand this concept and understand scriptures well, you will get it that, you understand that all you need to pursue is light. Ensure that you carry light. The Bible says that light shines in darkness and darkness will not comprehend it. Listen, I grew up, so I, like I said, it was the last week I was talking about it, that my, my dad's gift, or was it during, I, I can't remember when. One of his gifts is faith, great faith. And the way he brought us up was to live a life that is pleasing to God. 
and continue to shine our lights, continue to stay on the path of God. And he, he taught us in such a way that, so the way my dad, my dad's attitude to the powers of darkness is from a place of authority, not from a place of begging. We don't negotiate with darkness. We are light. So if you can understand this concept of light, all the things we are afraid of, you don't need to bother about them. You know how many times, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I should be sharing this, how many times witches have summoned my like witch council? That what is it that you that you they, they said you're back? Like, don't you lay? Why is it that we cannot do anything to you? He doesn't have time for them. What's my own with you? They can't touch him. Why? Because he's carrying the light of God. This is an anomaly for you to be a child of God and have the power of God in you, and then you are tormented by demons and evil forces. It's not possible. I'm telling you today, if it is happening in your life, that something is wrong. It means there is some darkness with your light. It's not possible for light to stay. And darkness will come and interfere with light. It's not possible. Light is meant to banish darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Think of this place that is light like this. And some darkness comes in. What will happen? It will disappear. But when there is darkness and you put on some light, what happens? Light takes over. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. He says you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light, your goodness shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. What is God relating to light in this scripture? What's been related to light? Good deeds. What's been related to light? Good deeds. He said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. A lot of us, have been, I don't know what we've been taught. Like, oh, when I give my life to Christ, I can live anyhow. No. You're saying it's not by works of righteousness. I understand. But there are some things that are expected of children of God. And that's what shows forth your light to the world. So when you're in the workplace, can it be said that you are doing good deeds? When your colleagues are gossiping, do you join them because you don't want to look bad? When you've joined them, then you've added darkness. If I stroll into your workplace today and I just jokingly say, Pastor Toby, sorry I used your name. Or I say, Pastor Bayo, will your colleagues be shocked? Pastor, this devil, God knows, sorry, I, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sorry about that. I mean, it's not you, I'll just use some random names. But you know what I'm saying? Is that what your colleagues will say? Or your colleagues say, if that is a pastor, then I'll never have anything to do with God. Or they say, oh, anyway, you know what, that, that your behavior has just been weird. We are not called to be cool. Listen, what is the meaning of cool? Whatever the definition of the word meaning of cool is, if you are fitting it, there is a problem. We are not meant to be cool. Why? We can't be cool now. Uh, we are meant to be separate. The things that we should do as believers are not meant to be cool. You don't understand. Are you struggling with that? And you say, oh, God, I want to be a child of God and show my light by being cool. No. You show your light by being different. Why? The, the, the things that, the precepts of the world, the things that are cool in the world are not cool with God. There's nothing like that. You can't be, you understand? I don't know if someone is getting me today. You can't do both. Choose a side. Why? I, I, I feel God is preparing us for something big. But we have to be ready to stay, stay on his side. What are the things that will make us stay? We are reading them today. 
good deeds, let the world see your good deeds. People offend you. How do you react to them? What will the world do? The world will be angry and react in a particular way. How should you react as a child of God? I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, it says, holding to a form of outward godliness, religion, although they have denied his power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep away from them. Does your conduct nullify your claim of faith? Take note of that. Does your conduct nullify your claim of faith? I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. And that translation says they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They will reject the power that will make them godly. One of the things that God is working with us on this season, while before we accept the gift, so before the, um, the video day, we are going to be doing some teachings on online for like a three or four day teaching before the day for, so that you understand the gifts and, and the requirements. Why? You need to build character. I mean, well, I, I know God has learned for because God has given a lot of people gifts that have abused the gifts. But what God is saying regarding us as a people is build character. Character. Who are you really? Are you one of those people that act religious but you deny the power that makes you do good deeds, that makes you righteous, that makes you godly? That power is available. That power is what is called grace. I pray God will release that grace upon us in the name of Jesus. Quickly to the second one. So we said the first one. is God, we have been reactivated to show forth the light of Christ through our lives. The second one, we have been reactivated to be a conduit of God's power to the world. Conduit of God's power. Like extension cord. God is extending us to the world to show forth his power. Conduit of God's power to the world. We read it last week. And we say it normally. You know, that's one of my famous scriptures, or my, my, my favorite scriptures. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 18. It says, These signs will accompany those who, be, who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. That's what Jesus said to the disciples as he was commissioning them on the account of Mark. That's what he said, going to the world, going to the world. And he says, these signs will follow them that believe. Who are those that believe? Us. These are the signs that God is talking about. But let's go on. The Bible also says in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 20, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, I pray that you will continually express, experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Say after me, God's power has been made available to me. True faith. Then your life will be an advertisement of this immense power as it walks through you. Say in the name of Jesus, my life will be an advertisement of God's power as it walks through me in the mighty name of Jesus. You see, then he goes on to say that this is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him, exalted him to the place of honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you. But my question is, why does this seem like, let's be truthful, in this world we are, why does this seem like we are powerless? 
Why is it that when we come face to face with storms, we react like people that don't have God? Why is it that when we see trouble, we are fearful? Let's be truthful. Why is it that we are timid? Why is it that it seems like we are cowardly? Why? Why? See, there was something Paul said to Timothy. He said, the gifts that you received, when hands were laid upon you, what did he say you should do? Stir them up. Fan them to flames. So let me tell you something. In you, inside you as a believer, there is power. But you need to bring it out. Let me ask you a question. If, okay, so imagine you go to a mall to buy something, right? You go to a mall, you have money, bundles of cash with you. Maybe you have $10,000 bundle in your pocket. Then you go to a mall, then you want to buy like gum or something, and it's $3. So the fact that you have $10,000, right? You get to the cashier. Can you say, I have $10,000, so give me this thing. Will they give it to you? What do you need to do? You bring the money and you pay. So the fact that you have power residing in you, when you are faced with challenges, if you don't deploy the power, nothing will happen. Are you listening to me? So you are powerful. There's trouble and all you do is, ah, don't kill me. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. See, which one is even easier? Let me ask you a question. God, let me ask you, God forbid, you won't die, but if you are too, I don't want to, I mean, if someone comes to you and you knew the aftermath, or whatever, someone comes to you with something, will you rather die like a chicken? Or will you try the power that you have in you? Do you understand what I'm saying? Will you say, please, don't touch me? Or will you say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you? By the grace of God, <laughs> that's why, you know, uh, David said, I have been young. Now I am old. I have never seen the righteous word forsaken. If only we knew. You know, David was at a point at one time when he went for war and by the time he came back, he had captured his family. The Bible says he was in deep anguish. What did he do at that time? He called upon God. Should I go? Will I push you? That's, that's someone that works with God. When we are in deep anguish, when we are in pain, when it seems the world is against us, what do we do? Do we start eating different cravings, eating chocolate? Oh my God, let me just binge, binge. You will be fat, you would, God, I don't, the person will get fat and they have diabetes and they will now still be blaming God when you can turn flip the script I say this is impossible not for a child of God I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus listen we are about to start fasting from tomorrow let me give you some prelude and give, give you some understanding why do we fast why do we fast and pray there's a word where I come from. I know for a lot of us, we are, we are there, but a lot of us are, uh, what, what's the language they use now? In my own day, we say cream. Tush, no, it's no more tush. You are old, and it's no more tush. That's not what it is. What's the new word? What's the new word for people that are bougie? It, eh? Bad and bougie. Eh? Frush. What? What are you saying? <laughs> what's that? Frosh. Is there anything like that? Ah, God, help me. <laughs> hey, but we will not touch. All of both of us are gen old generation, so let's. I, don't, uh, I know we have some young people, they too, they are mature. Don't worry, understand me. 
So a lot of us, because you don't know how things operate in the other side. I remember on analysis Pastor Femi gave, he was talking about the, the fake and the original. Let me ask you a question today. If you went somewhere, right, maybe someone comes to buy your, uh, maybe you want to sell your phone on um, Kijiji or something, and someone comes and brings you $500, and he brings $500 notes, and the person looks kind of shady, what will you do with the $100 notes? You kind of check them to be sure they're authentic, right? Do you understand me? You will check. But imagine someone comes to buy that your phone and he brings $500 notes, only one of 500 Canadian dollars. What will you do? Eh? Do you understand my point? It's fake. There's nothing like $500 Canadian notes, right? There's nothing like 500 Canadian bill. Do you get me? So that's fake. Right? So that's clear fake. So what, what am I trying to bring out? Anything that is original will always have a fake. You understand? There can't be a fake of something that is not original. It's not possible. That doesn't, it doesn't exist. Do you understand my point? So now, in the, in the, in the, I want to just give open our minds to this. Understand something about fasting. In the kingdom of darkness, not kingdom of early, yes, in the kingdom of darkness, all those traditional worshippers and all that, there's something they do before they go to war. How many of us know that thing? They go and, eh? It's called Ajesara. You know what that means. Some of you have eaten Ajesara, but God has delivered it, taken it out of you. You understand? Don't act old. I know, so I said a lot of us are true, but some of us, uh, where you grew up, they were strong. What different in vulture, different that you have eaten, but you are standing today. We bless God. <laughs> it's even God that kept the kind of things people with rat. You don't know what's in those things. Uh, you don't want to know. Some people have eaten different types of things. But why do those people go eat those things? It's to prepare themselves for battle. We as believers, we don't do those kind of things, but we have our own form of Ajesara, which is fasting and prayer, equipping ourselves with the word of God, building our faith, building our spirit, man. Why? So that when the day of battle comes, we can stand. I want to show you something in the scriptures quickly. Quickly. Um, Matthew chapter 17, verse 19 to 21. We'll quickly round up that, then we'll move to the last point. It says, later the disciples came to him privately and asked him. So something had happened. A demon had afflicted a boy, a very strong demon. And they had tried to cast out the demon. The demon did not answer them. Then Jesus now came. And the father told him about it. And the other said, I rebuke you. And the demon came out. And then those guys could not ask Jesus with the first of everybody. They were ashamed. So they came behind in the evening to Jesus. They said, later, the disciples came to him privately and asked, why couldn't we cast out the demon? He told them, it was because of your lack of faith. I promise you, if you have faith inside you, no bigger than the size of a small mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move away from here and go over there and you will see it move. There is nothing you couldn't do but this kind of demon is cast out only through prayer and fasting. I have a question to ask you. You hear that? This kind of demon is cast out only through prayer and fasting. So do you think Jesus got to the place and the father told Jesus, and just said, let me go and fast, I'm coming back. Did he say that? No. Have you ever seen Jesus performing, maybe going to perform a miracle and then they will ask him, and he will say, wait, let me go and finish fasting. Or let me go and fast first. No. When, God, when Jesus commissioned his apostles to the disciples, was there any case like that? No. Why? Because they fasted from time to time. So what we do is when we fast, we build power. We build capacity. So that whatever you are faced with, you can stand. See, there are some battles that come our way that they are too sudden for you to start fasting. You need to have carried the power inside of you so that when you get to that stage, you can deploy the power. Do you understand me? So that's why I say people, for a lot of us, maybe you joined us recently, you may say, oh, at this church, they are just 
Eh, they just like to enjoy our fun. No! Uh, you're just about to start. By the grace of God, three times a year, we have this at 21 days fast. We also have other fast that we do. But at least I know that we give a lot to God when it comes to fasting. And we build ourselves through fasting. So while we play, we like to play, we also like to pray and connect with God. So this is another opportunity. We are going to start fasting from tomorrow for another, for three weeks. And then at the end of three weeks, you are going to have the rounding up program called God Will Do It Again. My point to us is this. It's an opportunity to get power. It's an opportunity to build capacity. Let's take advantage of it. One thing I've gathered and I've seen over the time is when you fast. Like one thing my mother used to tell me, she says, fast so that you don't need to fast. Pray so that you don't need to pray at some point. Because there are times that troubles come and all you can draw from is your bank. It's the resources that you have stored up spiritually. At that point, you can't even pray. All you can just is go on your knees and you are looking at God, looking up to God and saying, God, help me. Then those things are deployed to assist you. There are times that you meet a situation that you see. So sometimes I see people copying. You co some people copy some men of God. They say, yeah, I like the grace upon this man. You just say, you are blessed. Oh, uh, 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 you foul spirit, flee. Then you that you have not, you have not, you have not done anything, nothing, no, you have weight, weightless, weightless spiritually. Say, foul spirit, move. And then you wonder why demons are beating you up and down. They will beat you. They will beat you. Why? Because you've not built capacity. So you see some people just do things. I remember, a man, I mean, a man of God I respect so much, he came for a program in this church in Canada. And when he came out, I was like, how would we order for him? I said, this man will not, he may not eat all that. He may want to, I don't know, he likes to, he will be fasting. He will be fasting. So I said, okay, let's not make food arrangement here because he will likely be fasting because of the kind of program he wants to do. And then the man came out. I don't, you know, you don't have to ask somebody that you fasting, sir. So I was following the man, following him. I just said, let me, let me just, I said, sir, um, I'm thinking you may not want to eat, sir, because you always fast at this kind of time. He just smiled. He said, no, where do they, what, do they have ribs? <laughs> <laughs> I said, we breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I said, hey. He said, yes. He said, I know. It's not yet that I come. We've done the fasting. We have prayed. All we are coming here to do is just release, release the grace. That is it. So you don't wait for your battle to come to start fasting. No. You are fasted so that when that time comes, you can stand. Hallelujah. Amen. So God is sending us to this world to be conscious of his power. My question is, are you fearful? When a friend says, oh, hi, um, I have this sickness. Can you recommend a doctor to me or whatever? Why are you recommending the doctor? Do you say, can I also pray for you? That's what God is telling us to start doing. Any opportunity. Can I pray? And what I've seen about it, you know, if you want to see the power of God displayed evidently, go into evangelism. If you want to see the raw power of God come through you, go into evangelism. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, why? Because God has his name to protect. I've not seen anyone that has taken that step and said, God, for you, I want to do this. God will back them up. I've seen it in my life. I don't want to start sharing testimonies. But remember my wife, one of our colleagues in school then, the one school that she was working. <sighs> Anytime I share this story, it does two things to me. It encourages my faith. And it just tells me, it's not everybody you need to pray for in every situation. <laughs> And you have to pray, but just, I just told her, don't pray. Just watch those kind of prayers for now. So my wife had this colleague that had been at, at work. And this colleague came to me and I was like, you know what, that Tiwa, I'm really, I, like, 
I want to be like I want to have a child. Myself and my husband have been trying for a while and all that. Then my wife came home and said, ah, she really felt like praying for her. I said, go and pray for her. Why? Pray for her. And that's what God sent us to what to do. He said, how will I pray for her? I said, just ask her, may I pray for you? You know, and all that. And then, my wife went to work the next day. It was a drama of that, that week or that period. I can't remember. Every day we were always just about lady. My wife went to work. I found the time they were alone. I said, what you spoke about? Can I pray for you? So the lady has told my wife the issue. She said, I've not been seen her period for a long time. Like, so how is she, if you've not seen your period for... I don't know how many, was it yes? I don't know. If you've not seen your prayer for years, then how do you even begin to talk about conception? So my wife said, okay, can I pray for you? The lady said, yes, please do. And then my wife holds it to the lady and says, in the name of Jesus, Father, I don't know how you pray, but just pray that the girl will, you know, God will bless them with the foot of the womb. And as she went home that day, was it the next day, a period came. And when the period came, the girl became so excited. And what? She told her mom, mom, seen an angel, seen this. I can't believe this. This thing has come so big. You know, she was so excited. And I told my wife, that is how God works. When you take the challenge and you bring God into the world, you see power displayed. Then, then my wife, I think her face was really beautiful. <laughs> Encouraged. So I told her, like, you know what, well, let's pray more. Let's pray more. <laughs> she, she, I think even felt the angel coming to deliver the baby. That was something. That was an encounter she had. So my wife held this lady and said, now pray for the lady that time for the baby to be delivered. But I don't know what happened when the angel came with the baby. It seems the person's hands were closed, her eyes were whatever, she turned away. And then they gave my own wife the baby. That's how we have our last born. That's how we have our last born day. So what's my point? My point is that the power is available. I'm telling you. So that I told my that please be careful about this your prayer. Like, be sure the person is ready to receive. Because me, I will not. <laughs> what did I even do? Ah, <laughs> gosh. But we thank God. Thank God for the gift. The Bible says all things work together for good. Like, we can't have been happier to have Him. But I'm not saying. I mean, that just showed that God is always present, ready to back us up. So God is saying, as we're in our world, in our place of work, any opportunity, may I pray for you. They didn't say you are crazy. It doesn't matter. My wife was sharing a testimony about um, a lady that a lady gave that she was with. Um, I think uh, 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 her parents, the one at life support one, her brother was had been like was on life support for a while, and they were the day they were set to remove the um, the machine and all that. Um, she said some people just came like some some group, Christian group came and said, "Can they pray that they are praying around for people in the hospital?" And then she said, "Oh, why not?" So they came in. And then they, she, in her mind, she was like, what's the worst that they were about to remove this thing anyway? They came in and they prayed and they left. Then how many minutes later, 20 minutes, the boy sneezed and came back to life. She said, that experience made her give her life to Christ. So listen to me. Let me bring something from here. It's not every prayer you make that you see the results. Sometimes you just pray the prayer and you go away and live your life. Leave the results alone. Let God worry about the results. But trust me, there are people that will come to Christ through that prayer. It's not your business to see the evidence. Your own is just the praying. I've said, by the grace of God, I've come to the point where I don't care. I will pray anything. Someone come recently to ask for how do they go to working clinic that she's not feeling fine. That's not a member of the, just someone I know. How do they go to working clinic in Canada and all that? As we're talking, I said, oh, God, this is an opportunity to pray. So as we finished, look, how do I trade? Can I pray? And I said, you know what? Can I just pray? I described everything to her. And I said, can I pray for you? She said, yes. And I prayed with her. And I've, I've, from now, I've made up my mind that any opportunity, to show forth the power of God. I'll make use of it. And I'm hoping that we're all committing to that as a people. Imagine how many of us going to Canada, into London, 
and we dispense power. And he doesn't see. Listen, it's not so we are looking at me. Hey, hey, hey. What will I even say? Be healed in the name of Jesus. Practice that. Say that. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Say after me, be restored in the name of Jesus. Hey, except you are a proud person. You want to be praying big people so they will think it's by your power. No. Be restored in the name of Jesus Christ. God requires us to be his vessels, to be conscious of his power to our world. And I pray in the name of Jesus that from today, we will go into the world and indeed release God's power to lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Of course, that I gave you is for those that need healing. No? Do you understand? Do you get my point? It's not a blanket. Pray. <laughs> I don't need to be sure. Like, don't go Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't get me. And you are not. Some people are getting it. It's a lie. You are getting it. You don't. You get it. You get my point. Don't buy this. Don't buy this. It's not a situation you stay be restored for. Do you get my point? God be in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, the final one and the most important. And which is the ultimate purpose of these two things we've said. So remember the first thing we said, show forth the light of Christ through our lives. The second thing we said, lead people to um, be a conduit of God's power to the world. The last one, lead people to God. Lead people to God. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 11 verse 30, it says the fruit of the consistently righteous is the tree of life. And he who wins, or who he who is wise, captures and wins souls for God. He gathers them for eternity. He who is wise wins souls for God. So imagine you're going through the world, you show your light, you release God's power. Ultimately, it leads to people being converted to God, people being restored, people being led to God. So God is saying to us that in this season, lead people to me. Lead people to me. So we spoke earlier about what's God's agenda for us to expand his kingdom, to bring people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, to depopulate the kingdom of light, to depopulate the kingdom of darkness depopulate the kingdom of darkness and populate the kingdom of God. That is our major agenda. Now, God now releases us into the world. We have different careers and all that. God establishes us to use those things as tools, as weapons to reach out to lives. They are not solely for us. So if you don't understand the purpose of why you are being blessed, there's a challenge with that. There's a reason why God has put you where he has put you. And there's a reason why he's taking you on a journey. There's always going to be an ultimate purpose. And I pray that that purpose will be realized in our lives in Jesus' name. I'll quickly run through two scriptures. The Bible says in the book of Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, it says, Now at the end time, Michael, the great angelic prince, who stands guard over the children of your people, will arise. And there will be a time of distress, such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. But at that time, your people everyone who is found written in the book of life will be rescued. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, resurrect. This to, will, will, will awake this to everlasting life, but some to disgrace and everlasting contempt. Those who are spiritually wise will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. Listen to this last one. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. I pray to be said of us, that we have led many to righteousness through our lifestyle in the name of Jesus. Through the power of God that is going to be released through our lives in the name of Jesus. You know what it means for someone? I had a friend that showed, ah, time. 
I had a friend that shared an experience with me. He went for a, 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 a program in Toronto. A, concert, a, a, a crusade or something, yes. By one of the powerful men of God. Was it Maurice Cerullo? One of the men of God. And he says, at the end of the program, they had a dinner. And then he sat on the table himself, his wife, and this couple and some other people. And then the old lady behind him said, ah, that she really enjoyed the program, but she wishes she could contact Maurice Cerullo. Was it Maurice? Yeah, I think so. She wishes she could contact him so that he could touch her because she had had a leg problem for a long time and all that. And that, but she couldn't, that she's so sad that she wishes she could see him more. And then this man said, God told him that, lay your hands on that leg. And he says, eh? <laughs> I read that Maurice Cerullo, me. Lay your hands. Lay your hands. And then he laid his hands on the lady's legs. And he said, the lady screamed. And she jumped up. And she became old. And the whole place almost turned, like it turned rowdy. Lady was said, God has healed me. She got instant healing. Guess what happened after? The next week, the lady invited them into her house. Gathered all her family members, extended family, everybody. They all gave their lives to Christ. That's how using the power of God can lead to the saving of souls. Listen, the man at the time felt he, didn't qual- he wasn't qualified to do that miracle. But it was the power of God we were talking about. Now, it's not your power. It's not the power. It's the power that works inside of you, which is not your own. The power of God. Hallelujah. So when I say you will lead many to righteousness, I don't want you to be discouraged and say, Mike, no, God will use you in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 18 to 21, this is now for every one of us to take note of. It says, this was God's instruction to Ezekiel and I learned something from it. And I want to encourage us because we have people that are close to us that are far from God, that we have refused to speak to. People that you should have, you have access to talk to. But for some reason, it's either we've said, oh, it's their own, no, let them keep doing their nonsense. It's their business. Now, listen to what God said to Ezekiel. He says, if I want the wicked, saying you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins, and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. If you warn them and they refuse to repent and keep on sinning, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself because you obeyed me. If righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and ignore the obstacles I put in their way, are you getting something? So when people turn from righteous behavior, God puts obstacles in their ways. But listen, let's go on. That's not the point. They will die. And if you do not want them, they will die in their sins. None of their righteous acts will be remembered. And I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you want righteous people not to sin and they listen to you and do not sin, they will live and you will have saved yourself too. So there are people in our lives that God is saying, go and talk to about me. There are people in our lives that are believers, so-called believers, but they've turned from the way of, 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 of light. And God is saying, go and talk to them. I pray that God will give us the grace in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 5, verse 19 to 20, as we, plan to, as we begin to round up, finally, as members of God's beloved family, we must go after the one who wonders from the truth and bring him back. For the one who restores the sinning believer back to God, from error of his way, gives back to his soul, gives back to his soul life from the dead, and covers over countless sins by the demonstration of love. Hallelujah. God will help us in the name of Jesus. A lot of times, as a church, I, I think I need to address this very quickly. The body of Christ, we tend to send people. How do we cater to those that sin within the body of Christ and go away from God? Do we, are we merciful towards them? Or do we say, ah, this person has turned away. God will judge him. They are the ones that are judgment is the worst. 
Is that our, our behavior? God is talking to us today to change our perspective. If you have a brother in Christ that has turned away, God is saying, Richard, there's something I, I, one story I've always known in the Bible, and I'm going to round up with that story. And I want us to reflect and understand the purpose why it was written in Scripture. The Bible talks about a guy called Eutychus. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verse 10 to 9 to, Acts 29 to 10, it says, sitting in an open window, listening was a young man named Eutychus. As Paul's salmon dragged on, Eutychus became drowsy. If you are drowsy, why would you still sit on a window? Anyway, and he fell into deep slumber. Sound asleep, he fell three stories to his death below. Let me ask you a question. If that happened in the body of Christ now, what would people say? That's the power of God at work. In our church, you sleep, you die. <laughs> Do you know that? Think of it. People will look for a way to just how dare you sleep when the word of God is being preached. That is what happens to sinners. People that sleep when the word of what will our word say today? Think of it. That is on social media. Ah, this guy was in church, he was sitting, and then he slept up and he died. What will people say? Think. What will people say about it? But let's look at what Paul did. The Bible says Paul went downstairs bent over the boy and embraced him. Taking him in his arms, he said to all the people gathered, stop your worrying. It's come back to life. Hallelujah. Are you seeing something today? There are people around us that love God or used to love God or used to follow God and they've wandered from the faith. God is saying, don't do your best to try and reach out to them and bring them back. I pray that as a church, as we begin to have this understanding that God will help us in the name of Jesus. Who are those people in your family that you have written up that they can be no good? God is giving us the opportunity. You can start with them. Send a word of encouragement to them. Call them on the phone. I say, you know Jesus loves you. And then they tell you never. Do you know what I've done? I say, Jesus came for people like you exactly. People like you and me. He's ready to have you. Talk. Don't, even if they don't give their lives when you talk to them, you've sown a seed. God is the one that waters. And I pray we water those seeds in the name of Jesus. Let's bow our heads as we begin to talk to God today. You have been reactivated to show forth the light of Christ through our lives. You have been reactivated to be a conduit of God's power to the world. You have been reactivated to lead people to God. I want you to just say, Father, give me the grace. I'm asking for grace today, Lord, for empowerment in the name of Jesus. To go into my world and make a change, a difference, Lord. To go into my world as light. Lord, perhaps I've been mixing light with darkness. I banish every form of darkness from my life today. I receive light in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Honor and adoration we give unto you. Very quickly, I don't know if you are here and you are saying, I've not given my life to Christ. Or I'm one of those that have wandered from the faith. Pastor, I want to be reconciled to God. I want to just say a quick prayer for you. Just raise up your hand wherever you are. Joining us online or here physically. Just say after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for dying for my sins on the cross of Calvary. Today I come to you. I confess my sins to you, Lord Jesus. I forsake my old ways and I cling to you. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I believe that you died for my sins. And I confess you as my Lord today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Lord, for as many of your children as, as many of your children as have come to you today, Lord, I pray that you will accept. 
The word says, for as many as come to you that you shall in no wise cast away. As these ones have come to you, Lord, I ask that you will open them, that you will keep them, that you will build them, that you will restore them. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.